Welcome back, everyone, to the Welcome. Fandom Done Right podcast. Hit ourselves with the book. <laughs> Not to bang you over head with a book, but we are reviewing a book today. It's Spencer. I'm joined by Cole today. Hi! For the first episode of season five. It's been it's been a little bit. I think this has been the longest gap for me in Fandom Done Right between doing episodes because we did pretty much 52 episodes last year. Something like that. Something crazy. And then more if you're on any of the other podcasts. Yes, exactly. And so, but I'm excited to be back. It's been a great time. I wasn't it's been expect- a good break. Yeah. Uh, for new listeners, Cole, what do we what do we do here? The whole podcast, the whole Fandom Done Right podcast. We do everything. <laughs> not really, but yeah, kind no, of. No, not really, but yeah, we do. We we just talk. You know, we have some fun with our favorite fandoms. F- fun with our fandoms. I thought you were saying fun with our favorite bands for a second. I was like, no, this isn't a music podcast. It could be. It could be, but not. But we do talk about (laughs) various fandoms that we enjoy. We do, uh, I mean, Marvel's kind of, Marvel and Percy Jackson are what we're known for at this point. Yeah. But, you know, Spencer and me and Tim have a rewatch show we do. And then, I don't know, we just, we try to cover a wide range of things. We're kind of not, we don't cover everything, but as I like to call it, we're the kitchen sink of the gazebo effect network. And boy, do we have lots of kitchens and sinks. Yes, we do. And this is, this is a magic kitchen and sink we're talking about today. Yes. That maybe destroyed the next five seconds. Probably. It's kind of like the X-Men mansion. <laughs> yeah. <it's over laughs> I didn't even think about it that way, but it, it exactly is that. Anyway, we're reviewing the first book in the Kane Chronicles. We're back to our Percy Jackson show, which Cole and I run. Uh, basically, it's a 22-year-old man reading Percy Jackson stuff for the first time. It's a fun time. Cole, I'm don't do the math. I have. I know I've aged since the first episode of this, but we're going to pretend I'm ageless, just like half of okay. these characters. Right. I'm the... I In this case, I'm Iskander of the... Nah, Iskander looks old. <laughs> he, be, he be old. Be old and wrinkly like a raisin. Uh, and we are gonna we are gonna be doing fan casting this Woo! episode. Uh, a lot of people engaging with us on Instagram with that, those fan those fan castings I reposted from Percy Jackson. I have had so much fun. I didn't expect anything. I just kind of was like, "Well, these would be fun to see." Uh, yes. <laughs> just people arguing and stuff, and I'm just like, <laughs> we were. I'm like, we didn't think much of it. Like, so we did the whole Percy Jackson read through. We might do some comparisons here with those, but yeah, in that we did fan casting and it was, we weren't really committed to any of it. So then putting it on the social media and stuff was really fun because people were like, I didn't envision this character, (laughs) but people did like, people did go and listen to them. So if you're one of the people that found us based on those posts, welcome. Hello. Sorry. Sorry. We're not as committed to our own choices, (laughs) except for, uh, except for some of them. Nicholas Cage and Owen Wilson for one. Yes. And Jack. We Bach. actually we actually talked we talked about uh I think we talked about Owen Wilson Blackjack on the Harry Potter podcast. 
Really? I think David referenced it. Like he was like, that's a, such a bad choice. That's as bad a choice as <laughs> Owen Wilson as Blackjack. And I was like, but that, was, that means it's a great choice. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, goodness. But we're oh. back. We're back with probably my second favorite things to talk about. Yeah, King Chronicles. It's a... Uh... It's interesting. So, King Chronicles, I think, because I've read everything Ryordan that he's written up to date, and this is probably my favorite of the series. Just, Why is that? I don't know. I don't. And are you talking about the Red Pyramid specifically, or are you no, talking about the whole the, series, the, the trilogy, the whole the King trilogy. Chronicles trilogy, the King Chronicles trilogy? I came out of it feeling satisfied. Like we've gotten a whole story from beginning to end. Whereas like, you know, the other series where they end is like, Oh, Hey, here's what's coming next. But this is very, it's very complete. I mean, it does leave room for more to come in the future, but it also just felt a a little bit more relatable. I don't know why. That's, I'm excited to rediscover these books as it's been eight years since I read them originally and I've never returned to them. It's only been like 10 years since they came out, right? Something like that? Maybe uh, a little more than that. The last book was published in 2012. The Throne of Fire one? Yeah. Yeah, so no, 10 uh, years ago was the last. Throne of Fire's middle. The Serpent's Serpent Shadow. Shadow. I'll get that right at some point. It's okay. Yeah, don't. Okay. But if you have read, read this book, <laughs> if you if you have read this book, boy, is it about a red pyramid, <laughs> right? Like without knowing like anything about the series, like I just saw the title, the red pyramid, I was like, eh, this, is, this sounds like a boring. Like it doesn't. This book doesn't reel you in, but without no. jumping into spoilers just yet, it's really good. But you have to get like a few chapters into it. It's 500 pages. Like, I don't remember how short the first few Percy Jackson books were. They weren't super long. I want to no. say Last Olympian was the only 500 plus. No, that I think um, Battle of the Labyrinth was the longest. Really? I think so. It's. I remember the weight. It's. They're. They're both kind of long. And my butt. I remember the weight in my hand, and it was. Or it was. It's a lot thicker than. The paperback was a lot thicker than the hardback copy that I had of <laughs> Last Olympian. I've never seen a hard copy of a Percy Jackson book. I've never held one. I've read per- paperback this whole time. <laughs> Maybe that's just me, too. Just, like, budgeting on books. But Right. Uh, yeah, 500 plus pages. It's It's definitely a little speedier, too. I feel like... In Percy Jackson, I felt like Reardon was like leaving stuff out and and doing this or that. Uh, but this one, he kind of cranks it all into just the one book because he only has three books to do stuff in mm-hmm. rather than five. Um, so while I feel maybe if you're feeling like, well, the K- Percy Jackson was like a full five book series, like really drawn out, like this isn't really, this isn't less than that. I felt like I I feel like I've read three Percy Jackson books basically. At least yes. two. And did I read 300 pages of it today? <laughs> Maybe. Let's just say January is a busy month, and I had one not busy day, which was 
today. So I definitely closed the book like an hour and a half ago. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. I, I had a lot of fun with it. It is more, the characters are more relatable. I think Reardon's writing has gotten better. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's, it's a weird thing to say because I'm like Rick, as we call him Rick, because we're on a first name basis. Yes. We have, a, there's a lot of private jokes. If you're new to the podcast, you're just going to have to go back and find them. Uh, Rick, he's like a fully grown man. So it feels weird to me saying like, he's getting better. <laughs> but when you're an adult going back, like reading them, like I felt like the characters have developed more. Mm-hmm. The personalities are more drawn out. And the story is consistent in the form that he's telling it to. Uh, I definitely got some series of unfortunate events vibes from the style in which yes. he's telling these. It is, and it's contained. Like this, I, I felt like, like you said, with the whole series, but even with each book of Percy Jackson, it was like the last chapter was just all setting up the next one. Like there's some big plot twist mm-hmm. at the end, just to like, ooh, the next one. Every single one of them. Even Last oh, Olympian, no. which was like, what even the last Olympian, which was like right. such a good bow. They were like, no, we're going to do this anyway. So I was kind of annoyed by that. But this one's like, I feel like there's things to come with the next two Kane Chronicles books. But this one is a good mm-hmm. contained story. For instance, I it was such a well-contained story, not to jump ahead, but the little plot twists that were at the end and the little bit of foreshadowing that they did at the end. I've completely forgotten about in eight years. So that kind of blew me, not blew me away, but I was like, oh, hey, wow. I forgot this happened. (laughs) Anyway, time to leave the spoiler realm. The spoiler realm. In another, in a King Chronicles way, we have left the mortal world and entered the duat, which is full of spoilers. Duat. Yes. I should have warned people about that at the beginning. Almost entirely, every single pronunciation. I just pulled that out of my butt. I don't know. <laughs> the case, like <laughs> Percy Jackson was bad, but this is going to be really bad. I feel like the names are a little easier. The Egyptian names are a little easier because <laughs> they just look weirder. Well, the ones like Nut and Nut. Set. Yeah, I, I was like, great, got it. But then it's like, <laughs> so crap. <laughs> Or like, Ugh. <laughs> or as Kofu would say, Ugh. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. All right. Let's go. So the story, we'll start with, it starts on Christmas Eve, which gives me Titan's Curse vibes. Twas the night before Christmas and all yes. through the British Museum, <laughs> there was very much a disturbance. <laughs> Just a little, little fire all through the museum <laughs> and pieces Ugh. of stone everywhere i just the rosetta stone was cool but most of the intros to all of the characters were boring yes in fact most of the first two or three chapters were boring there's a boring. little bit of intrigue in that they're recording like a discussion telling mm-hmm. the story but and they go back and forth that's an interesting only, narrative. Yes, it is. It's very cool. The only problem with that is that when like Sadie's talking, some chapters I noticed Carter like is like standing next to oh. her. <laughs> More on that later. We'll talk a little bit about the Netflix buying them out later. 
<laughs> no, we'll just talk about it right now. So Netflix bought the rights to this to make it into movies. I just felt bad. I don't want to like leave the listener in suspense. So Netflix no, has no, the rights to suspense. <laughs> Too bad. I'm already talking about it. The Netflix has bought the rights to this. So Disney Plus is making a rerun of Percy Jackson into a series this time. And over in Thank the other corner, God. Netflix yes, Netflix is making these movies. As far as I know, it's going to be a movie series. To be honest, I think Netflix is going to chop it to bits. I think just so. Just take the book and set a match to it. it just just make whatever they're going to make and put the same title in the front. Then maybe, maybe Rick knows that. Maybe he's okay with that. I don't know. So I'm a little hesitant. But anyway, there is this article. I was trying to look up news for the the Instagram because I wanted to make a Netflix update. And I found this like Netflix site, Netflix fan site or something that was like just filled with typos. But the main ones were the first adaptation will be the Ted Pyramid. Have you met Ted? Have you met Ted? The Pyramid. And... <laughs> But the second one, which was much, much better, was the Kane Chronicles tell the story of Carl and Sadie Kane. <laughs> so now we were joking about uh, calling him Carl the rest of the episode. And then I said, because we are, for those who don't, oh, yeah, we talked about it. You know, we, we have this fan casting idea. I think we should fan cast uh, Carl Weezer from Jimmy Neutron as Carter. Or we could pull uh, a young Carl Weathers. Ooh. From an earlier time. Maybe that's too good. Maybe it's too good to be true. Back to where we were. The British Museum, right? <laughs> oh, what I was saying was about the audio dialogue. Oh, so, yeah. like, Carter is, like, right next to Sadie in her chapter or something. And, like, she won't mention him for, like, an entire chapter. Somewhere in the middle of the book, like, uh, Rick just forgot to mention the other <laughs> character that's the main character of the story. And it was, like, it wasn't like they're in different places because that happens in other times of the books. So they were, like smack next to each other and like they won't mention carter for a whole chapter and i'm like what is he doing is he just standing there yeah that's awkward but i guess something else is that just kind of gets lost in translation as if they're speaking it it's faster than you reading it so it's not like he's standing there for however many hours it takes you to read that segment it for them speaking it's no i'm not talking a couple of seconds well not, not i not talking I about get... that oh, okay. i'm talking about like in the story that they're telling oh okay yeah like sadie forgets to mention carter or vice versa this it's i don't know yeah it's and weird. then my other beef was i don't know if rick knows how to write british people no <laughs> Sadie's Sadie supposed to be this this heart, this sassy twelve or thirteen year old British girl, and there's just all these weird things. Like maybe it's because I've read so much Harry Potter, and I feel like everyone's Brit since everyone's British in that. It's a little more, yeah, no, no, uh, organic. I get it. Yeah, they'll so they'll say things like bloody hell or blimey, maybe, oh. but this is like, yeah, I read her posh. voices. Like she'll say the word yeah. posh. And then mum, like I read her voice as American too. And then randomly it'd be like, posh, <laughs> mum. <laughs> There's one point where, where she's like, give me the bloody envelope or something. And that was yes. like, that's British. But 
other than that and she's like oh i don't like hot chocolate i like a good tea and i'm just like it's kind of british i guess but i guess <laughs> it's just a little bit weird just, just a little bit yeah the so, british museum didn't they, understand they, any of that yeah there's a lot you don't understand it's very i won't make that um yeah so they go to the british museum with their dad they get one night a, or one one day a week or a year with as a family uh their mom's dead two. oh he gets two okay i couldn't remember christmas eve christmas day i guess i guess not this time <laughs> um and they go he takes them on their night all together they go to the british museum to study the rosetta stone because that's what you want to spend your two day one of your two days a year doing is and then um some some mischief happens and the 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 place goes to crap i remember just a bunch of annoying stuff about like the the people not understanding the kids and Mm -hmm. all these things that i'm sure are relatable to young adults but not relatable to me uh (laughs) it's fine it was just boring and then when um his brother their dad's name is julius the brother amos shows up that's where it kind of gets interesting for me Getting on the Egyptian boat. Yeah, for a little bit. But the 21st Gnome, pretty cool home base. It is it is like the X-Mansion. It and is. it does conveniently get destroyed. <laughs> I literally wrote the, the outline. I'm like, such a cool home base. Like, maybe like a kind of Camp Half-Blood. Oh, no, the house is immediately gone. Oh, darn. I hope it comes back. I'll say I'll say it now though, all the British, all the weird British talk out the window. Sadie's like my favorite character in this series, mm-hmm. and Carter's cool too, but he's only has his moments for me. Yes, like he says, absolutely, positively, don't go to the library. And Carter's like, what are we gonna do? Sadie's like, isn't it obvious? We're gonna go <laughs> We're to the gonna library. Get expelled. <laughs> We're gonna go to the library. Yeah, she is kind of like a reverse Hermione in that way. Exactly. Not that this, oh, and this is not. This magic is completely different. No. Then, then like Harry Potter magic. No. Yeah, it is. I'm just, yeah, it's very different. Do, do I understand? No. It's very different than um, Percy Jackson magic too. Yeah. Uh, there is some. I'm trying to think of like what it relates to. I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna be different than the Norse magic too. <laughs> it's just yeah. I don't understand Rick's descriptions all the time. And so the magic was actually easier to understand than when he describes sword fights. Mm-hmm. Sword fighting is weird. This is more like he's fighting people with a sword that don't have swords, but it doesn't matter because they're magic. Yes. There's so a... if he does a swipe with the sword, they're not like repelling and this and this and I'm sliding under their legs and I'm spinning around and that's kind of what Percy Jackson was like. So this is a little easy to understand. I forgot what the wand looked like about halfway Looks through like the book. Looks like a boomerang. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> I remember that they, I was like, okay, it's like a boomerang. I'm like, I need to pack that in because I'm not going to remember what a wand. Couldn't remember. And I was like, do I go back? No time. Don't want to look back. So then I'm like, oh, they threw it and it came back to him. I'm like, ah, it's a boomerang. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Ah! Every time we're going to say in a surprise, we got to say like Kofu. Kofu. We love Kofu. 
We love uh, all the animals in this. Philip of Macedonia is a personal favorite, mostly because he's an albino crocodile named Philip of Macedonia. Have you ever seen an albino crocodile? Yes. Yeah, Actually, I have. Awesome. I'm quite the zoo junkie. Mm-hmm. That's just what I do. I go to new cities and then I get coffee and I, we go to zoos. That's all I exactly. do. Exactly. That's great. all I do when I travel. Ooh, and there is some American monuments. Whatever was left out of Percy Jackson, he threw in this one. So Right. Um, they spend Not more. too much, though. Not too much. Well, they do. And I mean, they go back to Washington, D.C., which he'd already visited. But, but it's a little bit. The, it's still a little bit destination to destination to destination. Mm-hmm. But they what can do, do it of, easier this time. <laughs> what do you think of Doughboy? I don't know. I thought Doughboy was weird. And then I forgot about him. He's still weird. Still weird. Oh, we were talking about Kofu. You know what? Our also sponsor weird. is. What's that? Oh, I never told you about our sponsor? No. Not for this episode. I was waiting until you read the book and you waited to read the book until this week. <laughs> there we go. So our sponsor, guys, we got a sponsor for this. It's all foods that end in O. <laughs> Oreos. But you know what? Cheerios. That means one of our one of our sponsors would have to be uh, Muffin, Sadie's cat. That doesn't end in O. In Spanish, cat ends in O. <laughs> so Rip Muffin. Anyways, yeah. Get yourself not... get yourself a food that sends an O in honor of this episode. Cheetos, flamingos. If you say fandom done right at checkout, <laughs> you'll probably be looked at like a madman. <laughs> and you'll pay full price. <laughs> or they might charge you double. I thought some of the things were weird, like the ivory headrest. I did not blame Carter for I'm like, is it a rock? Yeah, it's a so rock. Those are um like Ray Orden says in the at the end of the book, a lot of these things are real, um, like real artifacts. The pillows are real artifacts. They've uh, found them. Um, the Doughboy and the magic kits, uh, the magician's kits, they found those as well in archaeological digs. So he really did his research when doing this. He does so much research. But yeah, I don't blame Carter for seeing an ivory headrest and be like, no. I'm good. No, thank you. And of course, because this is a young adult series, we have a, a, a have to have segment of a book. The ooh, let's see what the bad guys are doing. Except dun, this one dun, just. Dun. Except with this book, Rick just took it and ran, just flew with it. <laughs> just chicken every wings. every yeah chicken wing flew with it. Every second he could. <laughs> Let's see what the bad guys are doing. <laughs> but yes, yeah, Set's a pretty good bad guy. I think it's a good time to talk about Set. Yes. He's a cool. He's a, he's a, a cool cat. I had, I had a nagging feeling the whole time that he was like, he can't be the big bad though. No. But he does. He's a lot like Loki is. He comes back. And he does have a big part to play. He's like a big thorn and aside. 
depending yes. on depending on which side you send him into. Exactly, because he's the the whole series is about averting chaos and the embodiment of chaos. He's the god of chaos, so he has to be there. Um, I think I think he's a good bad guy. He was he's a really good bad guy. But maybe I don't didn't love Kronos too much. So maybe no. he's I might I think I kind of like the bad guys in this a little better. Mm-hmm. I like he's, yeah. he's a bit like Ares, but he's more evil than Ares is. Ares is just annoying or like like a lone wolf. Mm-hmm. But this guy's like, no, he's the Red Lord. Like he's just evil as it gets. But he's somehow useful and not the big bad guy. Exactly. There's someone badder than him. And this is a big favorite, I'm sure, of this series. Like people, big fans of this series will love is Bast. Yes. Muffin's not just a cat. But I mean, aren't we all? Uh, Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Bast is really cool. Bast is one of my favorite characters throughout the series. I got some Nebula vibes. Yes. When she like draws the knives. It's very Nebula. she, She summons better knives. You're welcome. Does she do that later on? I don't know. That's just the thought that came into my head was with our better knives conundrum with this podcast. Oh, no. (laughs) I wish you hadn't brought that up. We're not going to tell that story again. I refuse. No, the listeners can go back and find it. I don't I don't I don't remember what episode it was on, but listeners go find it. It's 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 the Infinity War episode. Okay. Yes, it was. Bass is great. I, the, the action scene, the driving scene, very good. But <laughs> yeah, now she that just I think steals back, car. Now that I think back on it, it's those like copper guys running with the case, right? Yes. And the case is like the Osiris case, mm-hmm. but it's not the Osiris case. It's just a Osiris case. So that those guys are like fanboys of set. They're cosplayers. Yeah. They're caught. Co- oh no! They're cosplayers. Their box just happens to be similar magic. No, no, no! Not cosplayers. <laughs> and then Basque is fighting the the scorpion lady. Circuit. Nice, circuit. Yeah. And she sacrifices herself for the first of many, 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 many times. Yes. And then Zia arrives. Or now, does she? Sp- yeah, so now that we're in spoiler territory, is this the real Zia or they never is the met fake the one? They never met the real Zia. Technically, they saw her, right? I don't. She was don't at the British so. Museum here in. This oh garden. yes, okay, yeah. That's the. I think that's the only time they saw her in this book. Uh huh. So, fake Zia, a very good shop tea. Which, did that give you a Battle of the Labyrinth vibes, or what? Yes, it did. They're like, hmm, I need something that can... Oh, there's just clay people that are almost people. <laughs> it's a, you know what it is like, Cole? Why? You know what it's like? A life model decoy. <gasps> no! <laughs> no! Another life model Not decoy! Again. Does Never Rick even again. know... Does Ricky even know that he's just straight up using life model decoys left and right? He has to, right? He has to have influences. I guess. Like Bruce Springsteen and Elvis Presley, for one. 
Yes. But yeah, Zia is cool, even if it's the fake one. Uh, I forgot that she was fake, honestly. That was a cool surprise. Mm-hmm. The first gnome? Weird. Yes. Did you ever read the uh, the book, The City of Ember? No. Oh, horrible movie adaptation. Do I not mean, watch the I movie. remember trying. I think I tried to read it, but I was. It's really good, but pretty sad. Hmm. It's like post-nuclear war. Yeah. But we don't know that. Like the kids don't know that because they've grown up in this city underground for 200 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this kind of gave me that where it's like an underground city. Yes. Yeah. I thought a lot of I had Arkham City on the mind and the Wonder City in. Oh, yeah. Ar- Arkham City. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder why he's playing Arkham City. I don't know. We're no, we'll, we'll never tell. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, the first dome is, is interesting. I didn't really care much for any of the hallways or any of that uh, until they got to the Hall of Rapid Fire Egyptian History. <laughs> I like that. I like that scene. It's called the Hall of Ages, but yeah, it was it was good. Really helpful. Very, very helpful. I know movies would struggle with that much exposition, but. I needed it because I was so lost. And and guys, Spencer and I talked about this. Don't go watch the... Do not go watch the movie Gods of Egypt. It's a horrible movie. <laughs> I was going to watch it. And I think... And I never could find it for free. And I realized, you know what? I just kind of spared myself with this one because it was a bad movie. <laughs> There's, it's either a really good or a really bad reason that you can't find it on a streaming service. Like either it's too good to be Is on a too streaming much, service. Too much to ask for both. <laughs> it's not both. It's just bad. It's just bad. We we watched the Percy Jackson movies and other stuff <clears throat> to go along with the Percy Jackson read-throughs, but there really wasn't any really good stuff to talk about here. No. And I wasn't, I was just, like I told you, I was just going to watch it for like supplementary purposes to remember why the gods are and who the gods are and Chadwick Boseman's in it. See, that would be a reason to watch it. I didn't know he was in it. He was Thoth. Is it Thoth or Toth? Well, it's a T-H. Well, they said Sadie confused him for Tooth. Yes. I thought maybe he's Toth. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Maybe? Mm Mm-mm. Uh, Iskander and Sadie have this great scene where she gets, well, she steps off the, she sneaks back into the call of ages. And that's when she sees, uh, set imprisoning Osiris for the first time. Um, I, that scene is actually why I got the idea for who we have cast fan casted for set more on that in a moment. I'm changing it. You're changing it. Yes. No. Okay, we'll 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 talk. About it's a it. it'll be a joke. Okay, but I do I love the scene after that with Iskander and Sadie, where he's talking to her in plain English, which apparently he can do. He's two thousand years old. We learn about a lot of his history. He's a really cool character. He's a real cool um, cat. Mm. He's a cool mm-hmm. cat. He's got he's he's experienced all of this. He's the only he's the oldest mortal. In potentially the entire universe like uh, rick first yeah maybe not not yet maybe i haven't met all of them but so far 2000 I, years old is pretty good 
I can't think of any that are older that are just mortal. <laughs> yeah. He's so, he's so like, it's so mean though. He's like, no, nah, I'll die someday. You yeah. know what? Never mind. I don't want to talk about it. And then he dies. He probably saw his death though in the future, right? He's or very Ruby much, did. he's very much an ancient one vibes. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Just not as stern. Yeah, he's a little more cheeky. Yes. Cheeky. And he has the most opposite successor they could think of. Which is this Yarden? I don't know how to say his name. I just call it this Jardens. <laughs> this Jarden? This anyway. Jardens. So they want to get away from him, which of course they go to his house. Wow. Where's uh, his house? I don't know. Where does this Jardens? This Jardens from France. And he has to live <laughs> conveniently close to the most well-known French close place. Close to the Louvre. Not the bathroom. The art museum. Who'd they fight? The fruit bats? Yeah, the yes, fruit bats. It was the fruit, fruit bats. bats. Sure, why not? Oh, because they were trying to figure out their bird powers yeah didn't care for them when they became birds wasn't super interesting but they didn't care for when they were birds is that when they found out they were hosts of the gods yes because i do remember it getting variably better the book got very bit better when i found out they were hosting gods yeah that was yeah when they were learning how to turn into the birds right before then they had figured out that they were hosting the gods yes these yeah the, the egyptian gods are are much different than the percy jackson gods in a good way that was a it was really a breath of fresh air for me they've been out of the the, the world for so long that they don't really understand it they're very disconnected with like the modern world as it were some of them are still around, but mm -hmm. the vast majority of them are in the underworld. And I really liked how they did that. And they have to have hosts, which is a little creepy. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't make, I will say it doesn't make fan casting easy because no. I'm like, I'm fan casting someone, but I'm also not because they could just host somebody. I guess it's kind of like Mystique though in the mm -hmm. Marvel universe. Like it's not that much different from that. So it completely blew my mind when I reread this because I forgot that the gods didn't exist in the present day. They were entombed or trapped. So I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. It's crazy. Pretty much the only ones that are in the modern day are Bast, and that's only for like a few years. So she doesn't know a lot. And then Nut has been around the whole time and Geb's been around the whole time. Yes. They don't seem super concerned with what's going on. No, they don't. Fair, fair to them. <laughs> They've been around longest. <laughs> then we go to the Washington Monument because it's Egyptian. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. It's an obelisk. An obelisk. <laughs> Sadie has a, ooh, let's see what the not bad guys are doing. What the nut are the bad guys what's doing? What's the nut? I was trying to say what the not bad guys are doing, oh. but then I typed in nut as a pun, but I couldn't actually make the phrase without it not making any, without a nut making any sense. 
there we go. That's cool. That was a cool scene. Yes. The spar- star-spangled goddess. The the whole, like, her apartment in the sky, how it's, like, kind of shimmering. Uh, like, Well, all of their magic is, like, weird shimmering images and, like, big uh, avatars. I thought that was a little silly. Kind of gave yes. me some Power, power Ranger vibes. But it I really don't know how they'll adapt that. It makes more sense when you see it through Sadie's eyes at the end when she looks through and sees that it's just a giant falcon-headed god warrior instead of just a translucent avatar. Okay. Is that what they're like when they're fully bonded or something? Yes. When they're fully unified, I should say? Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Because the translucent images are weird. Yes, they are. Very. They're like bubble, bubble warriors. Bubble warriors. Go. But yeah, so she talks to Nut. Good talk. Some not tea. Nut tea. Mm. Good times. Uh, Bast, there's another, there's a set animal. Just an animal, it's kind of like set. Leroy Jenkins. (laughs) Bast sacrifices herself (laughs) for the third out of like a hundred times. And Carter has another what the bad guys are doing dream which of which there are many of those in this series hey cole do you know what it's time for i think i do i think i know what time it is it's time it's time for the mid book fan casting minute or a few minutes that's what we're calling this segment the segment the segment it's good to be back I, i i was very excited almost more excited than reading the book <laughs> to come back to the fan casting minute or a few minutes that's we're calling the segment the segment so i have the master list yeah cole's got the master list cole take it away all right so as per the use we're gonna leave the kids as they are want to give want to give new young actors a chance to be prolific yeah you no know? yeah yeah you know the good thing about this is there are two kids in this book Carter That's and Sadie. pretty much it. Thankfully. Now in the next book, sorry to burst your bubble, but it, there's going to be more kids. It was spoiled. Oh, it was? Well, we knew they were looking for more kids. Oh, yeah. That's right. So, yeah. But we're going to kick this off with Julius Kane. Spencer came up with Sterling K. Brown. He's great. Uh, if you've watched This Is Us, he's great. He's also in Black Panther, so he's got a lot of range this was a fun challenge too because it's compared to percy jackson like well like compared to kane chronicles percy jackson's like basically whitewashed yes and we even broke the rules with that like i feel we felt like i feel like we we cast it we like made some rules more diverse than traditionally rick described them Mm -hmm. and and i think this this makes up for some of that because there's like not that many even white people on this list. No, there really aren't. Uh, we've casted people from all over. So it's it's fun. So it was a fun challenge. Also, I was reminded that I actually know a lot more great actors that are not like that are di- more in the diverse mm-hmm. categories. And so that was that was a fun, a really fun challenge. Yes. So Sterling K. Brown, 
I'll take over for Amos because it's kind of a yeah. part one, part two. I I know Eternals is a touchy subject for Marvel fans. Doesn't mean there's not great actors in that movie. One being Brian Tyree Henry, mm-hmm. who played Fastos, the uh, tech guy, found out when I Googled it that he is really close friends with Sterling K. Brown, and they were even in a movie together where they played brothers. So I was already thinking about him for Amos Kane, so I was like, great, perfect. And I really like that chemistry better than what I'd come up with, which being Will Smith and Idris Elba. But I like, I think yours have a better chemistry than those two. Just being friends, I think, helps, and they look a little alike. And uh, Brian Tyree Henry has all the style. He does. Amos is a very stylish character. I always, he's I always got put together outfits. Yeah, I always thought of him, of of Amos as Cobra Bubbles from Lilo and Stitch, but with a fedora and dreadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you said, I think you did, you did say he reminds, he reminds me of Cobra from Lilo and Stitch. And I had, I, I'm going to be honest, and this makes me, makes me a bad friend. I had no idea what you were talking about. I just kind of let you go. I was just kind of like, I don't remember. I, was, I tried to think about it. I was like, is that one of the aliens? No, like, no. It's, the, it's the social. And I was breaker. like, I'm not going to try to remember. I was like, it's not worth it. But I just remembered just now. And you're right. If I could cast an animated fictional character as Amos Kane, it would be Cobra Bubble. Well, you're in luck because I got another one coming. <laughs> What's next? Um, next, I just so these are just in order of appearance per se, just because I wrote these down as I was reading the books. Um, so next is the Faust grandparents, but we're gonna save them for later. The next one posed quite a challenge for me, at least. And that was Ruby Kane uh, slash Isis. And Spencer came up with, which one are we going with, Spencer? So for so for some of these, the because of the story, the actress could play both a god role and a regular mm-hmm. person role. For instance, Julius Kane would be playing both. Sterling K. Brown or, would be playing yeah. both Julius Kane and Osiris, obviously. Maybe in some flashback scenes, they change the makeup or look a little bit right. different. But in this case, and I at first thought, well, Ruby Kane and Isis should be the same people. But Isis has dark hair and like a bit of a different description to her look. Mm-hmm. While Ruby is blonde because Sadie's blonde and yeah. white. And so uh, this was a casting that we considered from Percy Jackson. But we never actually landed her anywhere. Mm-hmm. We and I think this is a better role for her anyway. Is Diane Kruger? You would probably know her as uh, I don't Doctor Chase. Oh no. no, no. Yes, yes. I'm just trying not to mix them up with Percy Jackson references. No, no, no. She I was, think she's Doctor Chase. I think you're right. Doctor Chase from National Treasure. She was great in that movie. She's in the Three Five Five also, which just came out. It's going to go to streaming soon, so I'm probably going to wait till it comes on streaming to watch it. Yeah, Abigail Abigail Chase. Abigail boom. Chase, boom. That was good. That's my old noggin. Got mm. all this stuff stored up. <laughs> so yeah, we casted her as Ruby Kane for Isis. 
I know you had this person for Bast, but Alicia Vikander wouldn't be a terrible Isis. Okay. Who did I? I said the You're, lady that uh, played Ghost. Ghost. I'd like, I like her better as Isis. I don't have her name in front of me because there she is. Hannah John Kamen. Yes. I like her. She's Harris. great. Yeah. She's, she's, I think she needs to be in more things. Mm-hmm. So this would be really good. For Isis. Yes. So next... Oh, I'm just going to ne- keep going along. Yeah, next is a favorite of yours, so... Uh, Doughboy, we're going to... I thought it'd be funny because he's a great voice actor, and we'd take a little bit from the books And of, mocap. And mocap, yes. Take a little bit from the pages of Disney and have this character voice all the inanimate characters, or inanimate characters that have speaking roles. So that being said, he would play for this both Doughboy and Bloodstained Blade. And Kofu. And Kofu. Yes, he'd be Kofu. But in other series, I'm hoping they'd take this to other series too, specifically Trials of Apollo, because it would be absolutely hilarious. But Alan Tudyk, known for Lord Knows Everything, (laughs) Uh... Star Wars... Doom Patrol. Uh, yeah, because he was really uh, great in Doom Patrol. iRobot. He was an iRobot? He was the robot. Oh. The good robot. Well, no, he was actually all the robots. I take it back. He played all the robots in that movie. Because um, they all have the same voice. Yeah. Dodgeball. He was Steve the Pirate. He was a really racist baseball coach in the movie 42. Oh, no. <laughs> Not a role you'd want to remember him by. Oh, he said no. a lot of bad language. Cool. I actually saw an interview with him later where he was talking about like how embarrassed he was about mm-hmm. that. Like, well, not embarrassed, but he's like, this was a hard character to do because it's everything you're, we've learned in life not to say, and he yeah. had to say them all in one scene. Great movie, though. Inspiring. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Set for set, we have Idris Elba. Okay, so this is why I thought Idris Elba would be great. Okay. When set is trapping Osiris, he's tempting him. Mm-hmm. The vibe that I picked up was the Thor's vision from Age of Ultron. Oh. Where Blind Heimdall is like, is that the son of Odin? And he's like all creepy. and Yeah. Touchy-feely. He's, as as Rick would, would write, he's he's a kite. He would kite. Mm. He kited? I don't know how to say that word. Mm. I know what it means. So that was a scene where Heimdall was very much kiting. And I just thought, oh, I just would be great. Yeah. For a okay. I know he's supposed to be ugly. But Idris Elba can go both ways, you know? Okay. You sold me on it. My, for, just for grins and giggles, my other, my suggestion was uh, Giancarlo Esposito from Mandalorian. the internet really likes uh, Mahershala Ali for like half of these characters. That, yes. But he's about to be really, really busy. He already is really, really busy. (laughs) That's why Gal Gadot can't play Bast. It's That's she's true. Pl- she's playing Wonder Woman, which is Greek mythology, and mm-hmm. she's playing Cleopatra. Ooh. So, yeah, that's next is Bast, um, who we have Olivia Olivia Munn. Olivia wow. Munn. She's in a lot of stuff, but what a comic book or a fandom person would know her from is she was in the X-Men movies as Psylocke, cool. which was a waste of a, a role in that movie, but she was great. 
And I think she has like the comedic chops. Like I've seen her in some other stuff and she's got like the, she can, she can play both sides of Bast. Yes. Uh, so circuit, we're going to leave Zia. Not worth it. Spencer, you take this one. I'm really putting myself out there with this one because I haven't seen much of what she's done. Sophia Ali, she's currently on Grey's Anatomy. She was also in this show called The Wilds, which she's like the star of that. It's one of those shows where my wife watches it and I watch bits of it. But she was perfect in that. It's kind of like young. It's like New Lost. That's what that show is. Uh, And then she's going to be Chloe Frazier in the Uncharted movie next month. So she's a bit busy. But if we wanted to cast Zia, that's who I would cast. Awesome. And and the, I looked at the picture of it you sent me, and I was like, yeah, I can see it. I think she'd uh, be good. So next we've got this Jardins. <laughs> and this one, I just don't like the character as he's described very much anyway. But he's this is literally like the only... I know two French actors, basically. Uh, this one's Omar Sy. I'm probably saying his name wrong. He plays Lupin in the Lupin show. The show's called Lupin. It's a French show, right. but he's played. He's also, I learned that I, I felt dumb though, because he played Bishop in X-Men and I should have recognized him for that. Okay. But Bishop played in one movie and he was killed off and he's he not great supposed to be killed that, off. Everyone dies in that movie though. I know. And then it gets reversed and then he's, he's, he's probably in, he still lives in universe. We're not going down this road. Nope. Okay. Anyway, nice. I was like, oh, well he's done both. Like he'd be good. So next is Iskander, and what I, this is one I changed to an animated character. I'm 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 thinking about the old guy from the Emperor's New Groove that got kicked out for ruining How his. How did groove. I know you were gonna say that? <laughs> How did I know you were gonna say that? <laughs> when you said animated character, that was the first. Oh thing I no! Thought of. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm becoming predictable. I gotta change things up. I know. But in all realness, uh, Ben Kingsley is about all we could come up with. I feel bad, not, too. There's not it's a just... lot of old old guys like that. And Ben Kingsley, like, isn't he? A... No, he's he's Israeli, isn't he? He's Israeli, but he can he's play. He's played Egyptians. Too, he's yeah. played Egyptians. He's played Indians. He's played uh, Middle Eastern. I mean, uh, come on. Um British. Uh, British. Yeah, it's, he's done a little bit of everything. Did he play Gandhi? Yes. Yeah. I think we should pick him. I think, I think he's so. he's good enough. I think I think I know I'm not saying he's good enough. I'm saying he's like too big, but mm-hmm. he's still worth it. It's better than Gods of Egypt casting casting for yeah. Oh no, never mind. I was thinking of Raw. Oh no, not another old wrinkly guy we've got to come up with. Oh well. So so we got Anubis next. Um Timothy Champagne. <laughs> Timothy Champagne, because I was too lazy to look up how to spell his name. Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet Bing Bong. I think he's good. <laughs> Chalamet Bing Bong. <laughs> Timothy Glass of Cold Ice Water. Yes. That sparkles. Uh, Timothy Cadbury Egg. <laughs> I love that one. Uh, Timothy Charlie Chew. I'm out. <laughs> That's all I got. 
All no, right. it's Charleston Chew. Sorry. Charleston Chew. Charleston. My apologies Chew. to the Charleston Chew Company. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm out. Okay. I'm all out. Okay. I'm out. You're out. Okay. Timothy Charlie Brown. Okay, now. There we go. So yeah, Timothy. He's a he's a young young actor. He's got a dark side. We he couldn't might be really too expensive. He might be too expensive, but we're just dumping the whole budget on him. Yeah, I mean, we can't really have Tom Holland run around. Hi, I'm Anubis. I'm the God of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Hold that, I'm Anubis. <laughs> that was great. That was a very, it was a very 2017 Tom Holland impression too. I tried. I saw Avengers with my mates. <laughs> I'll never be in these movies. No. Perfect. Speaking so, of Tom Holland. Speaking of Tom Holland, Spencer, you sold me on this one. I'd I'd rather have yours. We're going with Andrew Garfield. We're going with Andrew we were Garfield. Go, we were going to do Tom Holland originally, but I think Andrew Garfield can't do any wrong at this point. No. And he's got the wild... I'm really casting this more based on Tick, Tick, Boom than I am Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe No Way Home because of the lab coat kind of science stuff. Yes, yeah. actually, exactly. Yeah. But I just imagine Andrew Garfield popping out and be like, guys, this isn't Memphis, Egypt. <laughs> like that's, that gives me hard Andrew Garfield vibes. I might, I might go back and reread the book with that image in my head. Guys. It was, guys playing bad blues music guys this isn't egypt this isn't memphis egypt (laughs) i love it i love it so So, i think so you had horace you had anthony mackie yeah i think he's great he's one of those can't do no wrong but it will have to change horace a bit i'm okay with that yeah i don't like horace Horace is gonna have to be a little more ba yes it can be beefed up a little bit and anthony mackie would do it Maybe a little more sass too. Mm-hmm. Because you can't have Anthony Mackie do a role without sass. Just just doesn't happen. Next is one that feels like a cop out, but I read it this way, so I'm gonna Sh- go Shez- with it. Shesmu? Shesmu? Yeah. The whole time I was reading it, I was reading it in Venom voice. <laughs> Try my perfume. <laughs> and so we have to give it to Tom Hardy, Hardy just doing his Venom voice. Also, have you seen the TikToks going around this like, time to die. That's the spirit. No, us. We are going to die. No, I haven't. I haven't oh. spent a lot of time on TikTok lately. That's all right. That's probably for the best. But <laughs> that's like the best line for Venom 2, I think. And so. Yes. I was glad it, it's gotten around. So next is Sobek, which... I don't know. I feel bad for it's not also, thinking of this. Spencer we're also came double up casting with this one. it. Yes, double casting. Well, so so <laughs> this is hilarious. By the way, I felt really good about this. Cole was on a busy day, but it, it might be one of the best texts I've ever sent. Yes, it was. It was the first fan casting too, because I just opened the book basically, and I said, "I give you Philip of Macedonia," and, and I, I sent him like, a picture of Tom Hiddleston. Philip doesn't speak. <laughs> Because of alligator Loki. <laughs> I felt horrible. I felt so bad. Anyway, I uh, I kind of demanded a response. Anyway, so we're double yes, casting him as someone that does speak because otherwise it's pointless. And he so comes bad. back. Oh, yeah. That's why I love it. But then I re- then I remembered I when you cast when you put him in as Sobek, I thought about what if like giant Loki 
Oh. And I thought, that's kind of like Sopek. Yeah. I love it. So then, moving on, we've got like three left. Geb, Steve Buscemi. Sure. <laughs> we I, have. I just think Geb isn't worth casting. We we They'll we find don't some have a great voice actor for it. Yeah, him. there we go. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> um, then for Nut, we have Danielle Basuti. Sure. I don't know. Spencer came up with this one. She's she plays Freya in the God of War games, the new one. Cole and I already casted somebody from God of War, and I think they're all great. She also looks the role, so that's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, um, and then the the last yeah. one is Setket. I don't know. We didn't really talk about this one. I mean, I, I have don't know mine. who the person. I don't know who Gwendolyn Christie is. Oh yes, yes you do. I do. She was uh, Phasma in Star Wars. Oh, so she's yeah, that's that's the whole reason why. Uh, and of course, she's in Game of Thrones, which I just finished watching. But she's a very tall, very beef, beefy woman. And she's very she's very strong. That's why I was thinking her, because she's not a stereotypical woman and she's better, better than Bast. If that makes sense. Because okay. Bast was supposed to be the warrior for Raw. But he ended up going with Sekhet. No, the other way around. Oh, the Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yes. I'll, I'll go with that one. Okay. Just because she might have a human form. Yes. I had said Catherine Hahn only because her creature forms like gave and like the way she was like doing everything gave me Catherine Hahn yeah. vibes. Which is, but we'd be double casting because the Sphinx from... Tracy Jackson was also Catherine Hahn, so yes, and we're not. I don't think we prefaced this, but we aren't. We're trying not to double cast over or over Percy Jackson stuff exactly, just because. With the exception of Alan Tudyk, that's the only one we're going to go with. Yeah, yeah, just because like they won't cross. They probably won't cross over. Uh, but if they did, likely. if they did, mm-hmm. we'd have an option for it. We don't have any ridiculous. Yeah, we don't have any ridiculous ones to end on. No. But that's our that wraps up our fan casting minute or a few. It was definitely a few minutes this time, but that's okay. Yeah, we're well over an hour now. Yeah, we're gonna finish the story really fast. Yeah, I. So I have. Oh, the, and the post. We'll post them on Tuesday. Post them on Tuesday. We're gonna post them on Tuesday, so you'll have the visuals to kind of go with it. But we're back to the story. We're to back to the it. story. I did want to jump back to right before we left. There was a quote that really stood out to me, or two quotes that stood out to me. One was in the first gnome where they said, you can't learn magic by sitting at a desk and taking notes. I felt like that was like a direct jab at Harry Potter. <laughs> or education, you know, that too. <laughs> I think it's more of a, I think it's more of like an education thing. Yes. Um, you just remind me that I have a quote to mention later, but I, I have it. So we're good. And then there was another one when they were at the Washington monument with nuts this was just funny to me because of Doctor Strange, but how I wondered how powerful a magician had to be to stop time. <laughs> but that's that's all I got. Uh, we'll just run through some of these real quick. Uh, they find Toth. It's a really funny scene. Very enjoyable. The pyramid is was a sports arena. Now it's a Bass Pro Shop. Yes, and I've been there, and it's freaking awesome. <laughs> 
I didn't go inside, but it is massive. It's beautiful and from the top. I need to send you that picture. Driving by Memphis was a little strange, but seeing that on the yes. side of highway made it like Memphis isn't much to see, but then you see this gigantic pyramid. monster pyramid that says Bass Pro Shop. And I thought, what on earth? Anyway, it did it's not wasn't a Bass Pro Shop when he wrote this book, so he gets no. a pass. They they have to go to Graceland, why not? Sounds like Rick likes Elvis Presley. Yes. Uh, El Paso, cool fight. Sobek. Philip oh, of Macedonia yeah. comes back. <laughs> I kind of actually shook my book. I was like, yeah. I don't know why he's my favorite character now, but he is. I think I think I know why. When he when he went up into the air and like shined like the sun and then broke the like exploded the <laughs> entire terrace. That was when I was like, Philip of Macedonia is the best. Uh, White Sands, which is a national park now. It wasn't at the time of this book. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Just became one like literally last year. Okay. Uh, Amos, that was when I was like, Amos is totally possessed by Set. He's yeah. being weird. It's a little obvious. But they did put it, they did made you think that it was Daya's Jardins for a while. I don't Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, I can't Las, not say it like that. <laughs> Las Cruces, New Mexico. A very Percy Jackson fight scene. I mean, Salsa, really. But yes. it, it felt like it was, it was a it was a nice throwback. Mm-hmm. It was a nice throwback. Uh, no idea what's going on. The boat burned up, I guess. Doughboy in the coat. I, I couldn't understand anything There's he somewhere. was trying to describe. I, I didn't get it. Yeah. Then I realized I'm like, oh, the coat's driving a car, or is it the RV? I don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, and then we went, got to Phoenix, and I got even more confused. <laughs> but like, literally, Amos is like, let's turn into storm clouds. It's like, guys, he's set. It's very obvious. Yes. And then they go to DC, and that was that was the best Carter to Sadie transition. Mm-hmm. Where Carter got to the part of the story where Sadie jumped in to save the day, and then Sadie came in to tell us her side of it. Maybe people are annoyed by that, but her side was so exciting that I didn't really care. Yeah. The Apophis reveal was probably the best ending bad guy reveal that Reardon has written. It was really, really well done. Where they kind of showed they it had been built to very, very subtly. Boom, it's in the sky. And then the book kind of just ends. But it's like a happy ending. Like a little yeah. too happy. Like very optimistic, very happy. Bass comes back. They've got a new mission for their themselves they have a direction the house has been rebuilt they um, see their parents they see their parents they uh, see the god the horus gets crowned again yes yeah, philip of macedonia is back in the pool where he belongs it's just it's a good ending and just to kind of wrap up i guess where did <laughs> where does this rank in the three cane chronicles books for you cole that's a great question. And then question. where does it rank in like the whole, per- all the Percy Jackson books? But you those don't have are, to give me a specific number for that one. Those are great questions because I don't know the answer to either of them. Hmm. <laughs> I have to rank it only based on what I've read. So of the King Chronicles books, get wait for it, guys. It's the best one. <gasps> no way. Of all the King Chronicles books I've read, including... 
this one. <laughs> of all of Percy Jackson, I feel like it's better than some of the, the lower ones. I think I said Lightning Thief was my least favorite. It's definitely better than Lightning Thief and Sea of Monsters. I can't say that it's better than the Lightning Thief. Because the lightning thief hit the ground running where this one took so long to get interesting. That's a fair point. It was kind of like the Battle of the Labyrinth in that way. Yes. Like the last, but the it got better quicker than the, la, the la, Battle of mm-hmm. the Labyrinth did. Aha, um, you admit it. You admit it. The Battle of the Labyrinth isn't all it's chalked up to me. <laughs> the last like hundred pages are so good. It doesn't matter. <laughs> The last, Olymp- the last Olympian's the best, still, yes. of all of them. It's very good. So I would put this somewhere in the top, top, top tier, top but not tier. in the top. Yeah. Top three or four, not the top. Cole, what's your answer? I don't... Fire I, out something. I remember that I really, really liked The Serpent's Shadow. I don't know. I don't remember why. Um, this I read these books when I was very sick and i was in the hospital so i don't remember a whole lot um but i i think this would be this would they only get better from here so i think this one's the bottom one and i hate to put it there but it's also not like it's like you said it's not better than um the last olympian I think Reardon works his way up for the mm-hmm. most part. But Titan's Curse is better than, is almost as good as Last Olympian. So mm-hmm. Titan's Curse is still kind of my favorite in a way. So I think we have, I've got two questions for you. Okay. Do you ship Sadie and Anubis? Not really. Kind of creeps me out. <laughs> um, I've, I, as much as I like Sadie... Didn't care for Anubis a ton, but <laughs> Carter and Zia, I do ship. Yes. I really want that to work out. And I don't remember their fate. Also, Carter all. getting the new outfit. Ooh. Like learning how to dress like yeah. a normal kid. That was a, like that a, was a plus as well. Mm-hmm. All right. And then we have to go. I think this is where we wrap up. You know, well, this is one of our old segments from the Percy Jackson. What's your favorite? What's your favorite chapter title? Goodness. I don't. Oh, that was the quote I was going to say. Uh, oh, yeah. What's Iskander, what? Iskander said, gods have great power, but only humans, humans have, creativity, have creativity. The power to change history. Mm-hmm. That was like really, really great. Um, I have mine. Go ahead and say yours because I'm pulling up the table of contents. I have a date with the god of toilet paper. Ah, oh, that was a good one. <laughs> Uh, I like muffins. No, we run from four guys in skirts. That one's good, too. Um, Bast Goes Green was fun to read, but then when <laughs> I got actually in the chapter, I didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. But it was fun that Bast Goes Green. Oh, oh, Aunt Kitty to the Rescue was also good. How Zia Lost Her Eyebrows. Yep. I, I, think, I think we run from four guys in skirts. I used to think that I blow up some blue suede shoes was very funny when I read this first because I was a big Elvis fan when I read this. Um, For reasons we're not getting into, I am no longer an Elvis fan. But at the time, 
I first read this book, I thought that was hilarious. Well, this has been another installment of the Percy Jackson Show on the Fandom Dunbar podcast. We got, we got Next to come up. week. We got to what? come up with a name for this show. I like the Percy Jackson Show. Okay. Okay. I, I like it. Because I don't have to put it in the title, you know? Like it's you, true. The King Chronicles read-through. Like, you know what you're getting into. Right. That's my thought process. I don't know. If you want us to name the show, <laughs> you can contact us. Something cool like the show of requirement is for Harry Potter. That one's clever, but not very marketable. That's true. Keywords wise. It's the marketing guy in me. Anyway, we're sticking with it anyway. Alrighty, but we'll stick with it. If you have an idea for a name for our Percy Jackson show, if you want us to have a name, you can tell us. Uh, you can email in at gazeboeffectpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, fandom done right on Instagram. But yeah, follow us there because we post lots of stuff. I've been posting some updates about the Percy Jackson Disney Plus series. I might post one update about this if there is one. Uh, And then we're doing lots of content here. We've got Marvel Monthly coming back in a couple weeks. And Tim and I, next week, we're starting to rewatch the Dark Knight trilogy in preparation for the Batman. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Drink some water.